Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Hey, everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. And this is Rich Swan. Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever WrestleTalk is and whoever Luke Owen is, support the Ravens. Nevermore. WrestleTalk. Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. It's Merch Day! Yeah, I'm excited. I'm Ollie Davis and I'm joined by Luke Owen looking snazzy. Hello, Swaff Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis, who is also looking very snazzy. What a perfect way to display our new t shirt designs in this audio only medium. Great, we've thought this out well. If you want to see what it looks like, of course, go to the the YouTube video. It's great audio content like this, which is why we're invited to Acast's Christmas party, along with top-line celebs like Richard Herring. Richard Herring. And Scroobius Pip. Or did you call him? I called him Scroobulous Pip. (laughs) I think you called him Scroobulous Bib. Yeah, and uh, no, it was definitely Scroobulous Pip, and it was a bit of a miscellaneous, because (laughs) Laurie Laurie immediately took me up on that, started making fun of me. I was like, aha, what a hilarious mispronunciation that only definitely happened that one time ever. (laughs) But no, I think I've been doing that since 2007, where I first became familiar with his music. <laughs> and you, um, you got wound up with me at one point, because you said you couldn't remember what the name of his song was, mm. that song that everyone knows. And I was like, and it's Sunscreen. And you got really like, no, you effing idiot, that was Baz Luhrmann. Well, that's a great song. And I was like, it's like a spoken word thing, though, right? Like, it's borderline the same thing. Oh, and I guess all white guy spoken word pop songs are the same. Yeah. Um, I... Everybody wears sunscreen. That came on random as I was doing the Brighton Marathon. And I just started crying. <laughs> that was one of the crying moments. It was too much. It's just too much for you. Because there's a whole bit where he talks about your knees. Yeah. You'll miss them when they're gone. I was like, <laughs> why am I doing this? It's the culmination of so much hard work. <laughs> Uh, anyway, we're, we're bad at promoting ourselves. We're meant to be focusing on the merchandise. We've just... I know we've done this in the past, but this one's... I feel like this one's the one. It does feel like, you know, we've had two misfires on this. Uh, but this... I mean, I said this in my news episode that went up today. Sorry for the other two. <laughs> but this time we got it right. Well, oh, God. You know, <laughs> if I hope it goes right. But we've, you know, we've, we've done, we made an advert. We haven't spoken about this. This was our little secret project we did a couple of weeks ago, although we published a lot of little live streamy bits. I showed it to my teases. wife. I showed it to my wife last night. She thought it was daft. Very daft. Very silly. In a good way? In a good way. That's good. I couldn't play it to my lady partner because I don't know how Google Drive works sometimes. Did you, did you not think to just search in our Google Drive merch? Because no. it turns out when you do, it's the top result. Oh, who would have thought? <laughs> uh, but no, I, I, I uh, yeah, we, we made an advert. And that's the most, it's the most expensive thing we've ever done video-wise. We rented a photography studio. We had a photographer there. We had a guy shooting it under Simon's genuine direction, who was fantastic all the way through. Housemate Simon. Housemate Simon. We had a guy shooting it who shoots stuff for the BBC. Yeah, so he was 
not on The Apprentice in terms of he was like part of the camera crew for The Apprentice, but he was one of the people that like the teams hire in The Apprentice to shoot something. Last season, he was mm. telling us about it. Yeah, but and he like you know I I our stuff is great. I didn't know we we could afford. <laughs> Such a noticeably high level more. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it's a, it's a great. I'm I'm very proud of the advert. It's really and good. everyone's work on it. So please do go and and watch it. It'll be like the pin thing on our Twitter and Facebook and the gram. Yeah, and also the YouTube trailer. It's a, it's it's its own video as well. It's gone up by now. It's at the end of your news. Simon did a great job. On yes, that. yeah, really, really good stuff. And if you liked it and you like us and you're like, oh, I'm already a pledge hammer, or oh, I've got a bit of money around this time of year to splash. Or you're thinking, I've got a loved one at Christmas that I need to buy a present for. Yeah, maybe you're a reluctant, what they called? A reluctant swafter. A reluctant swafter, and you're thinking, oh, well, I might as well buy my other half this T-shirt. Because you're hearing this around the house. We know you are, mm. because we've heard from your other halves that you're hearing it, and you're going, oh, God, these dickheads again. Or you're just going to a wrestling show, and you're like, man... I wish WrestleTalk put out some, you know, easily easily purchasable merchandise that I could wear to show my support. I'm I've still got this support WrestleTalk thing that I bought two years ago. Yeah, the Frankie goes to Hollywood. That one. took a hundred weeks to come. <laughs> Sorry, tell your sex tape. <laughs> uh, that's that Sting's sex tape. <laughs> But the now now you can do that, and uh, yeah, it would help us out. This this our first proper go with a, a fully fledged team yeah that's our first proper the other two were like a good test run mm. and this one was like we've learned from all the mistakes yes. the mistakes were putting it in other people's hands well that this is i mean like to, to peel back the curtain the other two times were you know youtube networks who are this sort of predatory business model they come over to you and you're like hey sign with us give us 30 percent of all your revenue and we'll make you this much more money we'll send out all your merch we'll do all these things for you and like and you can just focus on creating and you're there like wow that's a yeah okay great great offer and then none of that happens and all 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 those designers in-house that they talk about rip off other designs I'm i'm not sure that's legal to just put out WWE's design with our face on. Yeah. Like, no, it's fine. I'm like, no, I'm not comfortable doing that. Uh, and then, yeah, and it just goes back and forth. Funny story. Funny story. We ended up owing the merchandise company money. Yeah. But the, how does that happen? I don't know. We man. sold like four grand's worth of shirts in a couple of months. And for whatever weird accounting reason, cost that we were never informed about... We owe them 60 quid. <laughs> That's when this was all said, I was like, right, how, how do we just get out of this deal? And they're like, well, you know, let's, let's, let's total it up and we'll see what the outstanding invoice is. Like, what do you mean outstanding invoice? You owe me money, surely. <laughs> and I, and you, you know, I keep track of costs. You're very good at that. Yeah, I, I am very good at knowing where all the costs are. These were not told to me at the start of the deal. So anyway, that's I'm totally over it now. Plus, let's be honest, and I'm sorry for everyone who bought the shirts, they weren't as high quality as the ones we've got now. These ones are super high quality and uh, they're made from like ethically, uh, what was it, ethically sourced? or ethically- It's, uh, I don't, <laughs> I don't know, but I want to think it's ethically sourced. It's 100% cotton and it's climate neutral. That's it, Which yes. means that overall, the manufacturing process of these shirts does not impact the environment, Easy. which is a huge yeah, thing. Huge thing. So, huge deal. So that's why they're a little bit more expensive compared to other wrestling shirts. Yeah. But we thought we'd rather take the, the nice route and be happy with everything than, you know, the, the Gil is it Gildian? You know that when you get a t shirt and you're like, oh it says Gildian on the, the label. Mm. It's like the cheapest shirt you can get and people just print designs on. Yeah. Yeah, we're not doing anything like no. that. No. Right, should we get into the show yes, itself, yes. though? So, we're going to be talking about uh, the current war, but not between AEW and NXT. No, the war between WWE and Dave Meltzer. Here's the show. WWE versus Dave Meltzer. Now, this has always been a thing. It's, it's such a fascinating story, 
the Dave Meltzer WWE relationship because back in the early 90s, Vince McMahon and Meltzer would talk on the phone. And in the 80s. They would go out on social occasions. Yeah. And then, you know, like Vince sort of went down the... the, the Meltzer just became phased out. And over the years, sometimes Meltzer's out, like in favour with WWE and then other times it's completely cut out. We are definitely in not just a cutout phase, but an actively aggressive approach from WWE personnel, potentially a company directive in itself, against Dave Meltzer. And it really started in no- this month, in November, uh, off the back of the Saudi Arabia stuff. And you say it's so, like, this has been going on for some time. Like, I think that the, the Pritchard podcast... <clears throat> has part of its design was to discredit Dave Meltzer as much as possible. But that was in existence before Pritchard rejoined WWE. I think that was just Pritchard going into business for himself. But it has become more, since he's joined WWE, it has become more of that. And like the whole FDM stuff, I think, was done. I mean, uh, we talked about this in the show before, but like FDM was started as a joke. That stands for F Dave Meltzer. Like it was started, like Dave and... Bruce were friends, like they, because uh, again, like Dave Meltzer is very open about that. He talks to Bruce all the time, and there's photos of them since the podcast came out of them hanging out and being friends. And then at some point, it just turned, and now it is a legit thing where he's like, "No, F Dave, F Dave Meltzer, I don't like him." Mm. I think it's because Meltzer kept calling him a con man. Yeah, <laughs> D- Dave did himself no favors. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's so so Dave Meltzer just to sort of if you're if you're not aware was that a passing win it's this chair keeps touching <laughs> this and it makes fart sound someone brought this up on a podcast that we did where it's like did someone fart on the microphone and i was did like you... pretty sure we didn't i went back and listened i was like that well sounds like a fart though did you just guff at the name dave Meltzer, <laughs> the most respected wrestling sports journalist of all time huh? so yeah a lot of people off the back of this and, and now dave Meltzer's name is so prominent uh, because you know, a lot of YouTubers like us and podcasts reference his reports because really, I would say Wade Keller, Mike Johnson, Dave Meltzer, they're the three. Yeah. You know, and, and of, of like the, and Sean Ross Sapp has like really worked his way up there really in terms has, of reliability. Yeah. But in terms of the old guard who guys who have been around for decades, it's PW Insider, Pro Wrestling Torch, Wrestling Observer Radio. Completely. Or Wrestling Observer Newsletter. And F- I guess you can, F4W Online is, is linked in with that. They are the most reliable, long-running wrestling news sites in the world. Yes, correct. And it's, it's, and of those, I would say, I would say Dave Meltzer has the, the, the worst track record. Just because he reports a lot more stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike Johnson really doesn't report anything until he's very clear and, and signed off with multiple sources. Um, and, and Wade Keller hardly reports anything, I think, because he, he waits until he's got... Yeah, I, think, well, I think Wade's whole point is that he tends not to report things unless he's got... Like, if he's first, <laughs> then he'll do it. But if he's second, then he just tends to mm. take a step back or like, well, I don't need to approach that story because someone else has already got it. But he was the guy that reported that Dean Ambrose was going. Yeah, yeah, and, of course. Yeah, yeah you know, and, and that obviously turned out to be... A, a big and was like, you know one of the biggest stories of this year. And that was that was Keller. And that was the first time we've had Keller's name come up in a long old time. But when he when it comes up, you're like, well, that's definitely true. Yeah, really, because it's he's got such a high track record with Meltzer. I think because he does three to four podcasts a week. He's on live shows. He's he's the most like he has the most visibility on him. He writes twenty thousand words a week for his newsletter. Yeah, he was uh, he was one of the few people who was working on Thanksgiving mm. and to, I, to get the newsletter up this week. And when you put out that much content, I, I think uh, and and when other people sort of report what he has speculated as Dave Meltzer has reported when he has yes. never done that such thing. That's a big problem. I think that muddies a lot of people's view of Meltzer. But like for my money, Dave Meltzer is, you know, one of the most trustworthy. And, and really, if you listen to him on a, on a daily basis like I do, like honourable. Yeah. He, he has a code of honour where even if he's close friends with someone, they do something wrong in terms of wrestling booking on the creative side or, you know, sorry, like on, on a more business moral standpoint, he'll call them out for it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, like Bruce Pritchard, they, they sort of, he called him a con man there. That's yeah. Det- and he's it, it, lost relationships through that honorability. And the same with uh, Eric Bischoff. Mm. Him and Bischoff used to call and speak all the time, but Bischoff's podcast, again, feels like it is, I need to discredit Dave Meltzer and Brian Alvarez because they spent the last 20 years saying Bischoff killed WCW. 
not effectively using those words because they have always said it was the Time Warner merger that killed WCW. Yeah. But it was already, it was a dying brand. And I think Bischoff has always taken that very personally. So he was always trying to be like, no, 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 they don't know what they're talking about. They don't know anything. They weren't there. They don't know any of the inside track. And that's why, you know, Mabel was the third man. Is like Bischoff's big smoking gun to be like, hey, see, he doesn't know anything. And that has been just used as as ammunition against Meltzer, even though Meltzer reported it was Hogan. A, the week before, mm. B, in that same newsletter, and C, the week after. But there was a conversation about Mabel being the third man for the NWO, and Kevin Nash has corroborated that. Yeah. But Bischoff has said, nope, third man, that's complete nonsense. Dave Meltzer knows nothing. And because Conrad didn't do either side of it... That's the narrative. Dave Meltzer reported that it was Mabel, not Hogan. Yeah, so it's it, th- there's a lot of people trying to discredit Meltzer when really, if you dive into it, it's it's not clear cut in that no. way, and and usually it, it goes in Meltzer's favour if if you read what he's written. Yeah, but I also think that like cause I, I we don't want this to sound too one sided. No. Um, I think Meltzer can be very easily led at times. Like when you go back and read some of those observers it is clear that one of his sources is Paul Heyman mm-hmm. because a lot of stuff is very favorable to, favorable to ECW and, EC, and WWF poaching talent from ECW and stuff, even though Paul was working with Vince, but Paul yeah. was leading the narrative at times. So although all the reporting is correct, the wording of it might have been more in favor of, of Heyman than it was of sure, Vince. Sure, Yeah, so th- this is really, like you said, it has been bubbling for a while with, with Bischoff and Pritchard. But really at the start of this month, off the back of Saudi Arabia, is when you've seen WWE talent actively call out Meltzer on social media. Uh, The first instance was for the report that Seth Rollins had done a rah-rah speech and it went down really, like, a bit lamely, a bit maybe not cool in the locker room on that first roar after the Saudi Arabian travel incident where a lot of the talent were upset that Meltzer reported on. But Meltzer was never making the, the sort of, was it Hugo Savonovich? Hugo Savonovich name. Yeah, where it was like, it was that they owed him half a billion dollars and no. stuff. Like, that, that, was, that was the hyperbole story. Meltzer was actually quite restrained, I would say, in his, his reporting. Um, but Seth reported, Dave Meltzer, sorry, Seth tweeted, Dave Meltzer, you're at best a purveyor of misinformation or at worst an outright vindictive liar I hope it's the former hashtag Rara referencing that report. Yeah. So I've given my conspiracy theory on this, which was Meltzer was re- was reporting text that he was getting from friends of his, and we know that some of those wrestlers that were there are friends of his. You and don't think Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson. That's the yeah, two names the I was revival. thinking. Yeah. And it's not like they themselves weren't saying things online about how we're stuck here and we're scared, and their family were saying, yeah, they're stuck there and we're scared. You know, Carl Anderson's wife was like, never again. Like, you're never going back. And like, I've got to go back. I've got to buy us a third pool. And, you know, they were making all these sorts of, like, jokes about stuff. But they were. It was a serious situation. And Meltzer was just reporting what he was, you know, getting texts about. And because WWE wanted that story to go away, I think they fed him that Seth Rollins' rah-rah speech story. Meltzer didn't corroborate with anyone else, reported it. So they could instantly go, ha, gotcha. You were wrong on that one. You're a vindictive liar or a purveyor of misinformation, which sounds like it was written by a WWE writer. Yes, yeah. um, and Dave, you know, himself said, I'm sorry, I, mis- I misreported on this. Mm. I, a source told me that was what the case was. And it turns out it wasn't. I've, lo- I've looked into it more. That's not it. That's, that meeting didn't take place. Yeah, yeah. So Seth followed that up with, no, Dave, my problem is that you're spreading complete lies. I gave no speech. I said nothing before, during or after the meeting. So either you or your source is full of it. Either way, it's a bold faced lie. And I kindly ask you to quit pushing it. And Meltzer, very sorry on this. I don't want to spread misinformation. So he retracted that. Yeah. And, you know, put a, a, a statement up on F4W online retracting it and everything. So it's, yeah, even if Meltzer wasn't fed that right, like the, if, like maybe maybe Seth did give a version of it, or maybe one of the talent just wanted to bury Seth because they were annoyed. Yeah, and Meltzer still reported it. The fact that a WWE talent as as high profile as Seth Rollins called out Dave Meltzer, which is so, so unlike WWE historically to sort of even name drop or reference people that don't fit their narrative, 
is it it's it seems to me like they're deflecting the story of this Saudi Arabia controversy to make it more about Meltzer. That's exactly it. Because as soon as you discredit that one story, <clears throat> you can discredit everything else. Yeah. And so that uh, th- that's what I mean, and it's pure tinfoil hat speculation. But that is that I I do believe that's the case. And I, I would not put it past this company to have done that. And I, you know, just like maybe like a, a, a thing backstage. Oh, if you see any Dave Meltzer tweets or anything and you think you can have a go at him, please do. Yeah. Ha ha ha. Maybe it's as informal as that. You know, if yeah. you can have a pop at Meltzer on Twitter. And then because it's a corporate climate or a, a, a workplace climate where everyone wants to get favor, political favor with management, of course, they're going to be doing the little digs. Perhaps I'd also like to think that it was uh, a directive from someone, because I'd, I'd hate to think that Seth Rollins, in his own mind, wrote the purveyor of misinformation and thought, that's a thing I need to say. That's a tweet. It's weird, because the week before that was when uh, it was it was Tony Khan who called John Moxley a purveyor of, of violence. violence. Yeah. And we all said, that's a stupid way Such to say Such a stupid something. way so to phrase something. It's... A, it's, it's it feels very fabricated. And, you know, that was that was our thoughts. We've said those thoughts before on that situation. Interestingly, what's come out since is kind of more stuff that could support that idea. And the most recent one is Corey Graves. He tweeted um, to, about, in reference to Mauro Ranello over the weekend, implying that Ranello talks so much that you can't hear Nigel McGuinness or Beth Phoenix on commentary either. Yes, which Nigel took very badly. Not, you know, uh, Moro took. Sorry, sorry, no, sorry. Moro and I took very, very poorly. Um, he's got a history with this company of, uh, you know, and he's very on the record with his sort of uh, mental health and his bipolar and things like that. He's got fantastic documentaries out and everything about it. He took these comments very badly. The latest report on that is that he's in bad shape and it's a, like a day by day thing that he didn't come to Survivor Series and. He was. They were expecting him to be there at NXT. It's what Meltzer said on Monday. So he is expected to be there. But if he's not, that's when it becomes a story. And he wasn't there on Wednesday. Instead, Tom Phillips filled in for him. Now, to to argue Corey's case, I, you know, he he uh, he said that he tweeted that because he could work it into the Survivor Series commentary as sort of a, you know. Because you, you, get, you get the beef between brands. NXT, I, I, Moro, Corey. I think, I look, I, I look, think that came after the fact. Look, let's, let's give him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. Absolutely right. Give him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, so could, that's like, I can totally see that working, especially with Corey's previous of that weird angle he worked <laughs> with Booker T that did nothing. <laughs> Which, again, I think was designed to, to work Meltzer. And it didn't. It just worked us. Yeah. But he could still go, ha ha, I worked you all. So for, to what end? Yeah, so I can totally see that Corey's the guy backstage who's like, ha ha, let's work. Let's work the fans. But then kind of accidentally... Missed the point? Uh, misses the point. It doesn't work. And unfortunately has some quite harmful consequences to someone who's in a very sensitive position. Now, after that, I would... If if that if I had act, if I had caused that level I would apologize and take down the tweet and just yep. been like you know backstage more I'm so sorry man I didn't mean that and that might have happened backstage but the tweet still remains and rather than kind of you know take the nicer route around it he also has just started going over after Dave Meltzer who is maybe has been talking to Moro, definitely has been talking to Frank mutual Shamrock, friends like Frank Shamrock. Who is Moro's manager. Yeah. Um, and Belter's got a long-standing relationship <laughs> with Frank Shamrock because Frank Shamrock... And this is why the Corey tweet was so stupid because A, your tweet still remains and B, Frank Shamrock is backing up this story who's best friends with like Mauro Ranallo. So it's not like it's just Dave Meltzer being like, I have made this story up. Frank yeah. Shamrock's there going like, no, this is the case. So Graves tweeted, you know, the day after, Dave Meltzer, you uninformed, false narrative pushing liar. My phone works. You're a journalist, right? You can find my number. Implying that if you really wanted to do a good job on this story, you would contact me as well to get a statement from my side. And that's true. It's you know, true. like if, if Meltzer could have reached out to Graves, it sounds like he hasn't. No. And, and, and really, you know. But I don't think Meltzer often does. No, yeah, and that, and that that is probably a downfall. Like, it totally but, is. You know, I, I'm a some of Sean Ross Sapp's best work. Who does Fightful? He gets like, you know, he contacts everyone. Yeah. If if like someone's name is brought up in a story, 
He, he contacts them for comment and he publishes the comment. So you get a really three-dimensional view of the story. It's really, really good. As opposed to just one source driving the narrative. Got to give a shout out to um, Kristen Ashley of Fightful because yeah. she was the one who did that story uh, or she kind of you know, broke down news that the the, the uh, WWE dressmaker that tweeted that was going to be a new character debuting on uh, SmackDown for like, and there is a new character debuting at Five Five Funhouse, but she was like, I've made the dress for it and it's going to be for Liv Morgan or something along those lines. And... Chris and Ashley kind of broke it. Like she found out that it was a catfish thing, and her Twitter thread about that, uh, and uh, you know all the work that she did to break that story down, is absolutely brilliant. It's mm. really, really good journalistic work, which is not really seen in the wrestling world. Mm. It's where I think Sean Ross Sapp's kind of changed the game a little bit. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely sort of the leader of the new, uh, the, the new wrestling media. Yeah, uh, but yeah, so so you had that Graves tweet and and you know Meltzer and, and loads of people have jumped in on this Brian Alvarez saying you know what are you talking about Graves like this is this is serious why are you pushing the narrative that we're lying quite obviously not and you know so there is a guy in this who's feeling like crap right now and it's pretty serious it sounds like so yeah. you know whatever and and Corey Graves then apologized on um on after the Bell End podcast mm-hmm. um being, you know, saying that he was sorry, he didn't mean to uh, to to hurt anyone's feelings, which then just really like completely discredits anything he was trying to do to attack Meltzer. Yeah, and just because we'll we'll wrap this up uh, shortly, um, and then last week Dave Meltzer said a comment on one of his podcasts that Mean Gene Oakland is one of the best backstage interviewers of all time. No argument there. No argument there. We often say that the WWE backstage interviewers are unfortunately produced to be very robotic and lacking of character. It's not their fault. Yeah. It's the way they're produced. Like, you're not the director of is. Do not have a personality because the wrestler wants to get... Uh, we want to get the wrestler over, not you. And Oakland would, like, get over the wrestler more with his own personality. Exactly. And Meltzer said, it's a real shame that someone like that couldn't do that job now. Speaking specifically of, of Mean Gene, you know, because he's, what, 70, 75? Yep. Even though he's probably still one of the best people for that role because he's not young and cute. And that's 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 Meltzer critiquing WWE for choosing young, cute women, mostly, to do their backstage roles. I think that's very clear <laughs> over the course of the last decade. Yeah. Um, and then someone tweeted Charlie Caruso that. What do you think? You know, and some sites picked it up as, uh, you know, sort of spun it, saying Meltzer said that Charlie Caruso has only got a job because she's young and cute. Yeah, which is a ver- which is a reading of that st- of what he said. But I think to to say that would be disingenuous. That was not the intent. And Charlie Caruso tweeted in response to that story. I feel very bad for Marianne. Marianne is Dave Meltzer's wife. I listen to the Wrestling Observer Radio four or five times a week. Those are hour and a half long episodes for years. I don't know the name of his wife. I don't know the name of his kids. No, me neither. I, and I don't know many people who do know, who, who could just say that off the top of their head. Yeah. So either Charlie Caruso has Googled Dave Meltzer's wife's name to tweet that out, or someone's helped her out with a tweet there. Purveyor of misinformation. It's a bit weird. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we were going to talk a bit about Ryan Satin. And his dreadful on, interview on, uh, that he had with uh, Wrestling Inc. It's just like, just to, just to wrap this up, on the flip side of this, of WWE trying to control the wrestling media, which is something historically that they can't do because it's in the very nature. Like, uh, imagine if we were a WWE endorsed show. Yeah. It wouldn't, it wouldn't work. Or if we were an AEW endorsed show. It would just completely destroy our credibility. The, the, the little that remains. <laughs> and and Ryan Satin, pro wrestling sheet. I, w- I would have put him in the in the fightful bracket before, but now he, he appears on WWE backstage. Sure, Fox pays the paychecks. But he, you know, he's done this interview with Wrestling Inc.'s podcast where he said that what, they asked, well, why haven't you approached the Jordan Miles controversy, the Saudi Arabia controversy, the Mauro Ranello controversy in any of the episodes? And he said, I'm not the producer of the show, so I don't make those decisions. I'm very low on the totem pole in terms of what's going to be discussed. I don't think they want me there for opinions as they want me there to break news. I, I like this bit when it said, when it comes to negative stories, I believe there will be times when I have to talk about negative things. It's just we're in. 
hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Week two, and nothing super negative has happened. You have a, a, a mental health case. Yeah, and Jordan literally Mark, two days pre- previously. Racism accusations against a company. Not persons a company as a whole and nothing super negative has happened while b- backstage has been in absolute nonsense yeah and then and then and he, he, i point this out <clears throat> in my news he contradicts himself in the exact same interview where he says i thought we should have done the saudi arabia thing i suggested we did the saudi arabia thing but they said no the running order is already done so either nothing serious has happened that you can't that you haven't had to talk about or something super serious has happened that you did want to talk about yeah so I, I think we can trust Ryan Satin and Pro Wrestling Sheet now for contract five-year <laughs> contracts being signed because WWE will give it to him to break, and that's real. But yep. an, anything remotely critical of the company, I think, will disappear from that, Completely. that site very quickly. Uh, but yeah, it's just an example of how WWE are trying to sort of influence the wrestling media. They always have done. It's just it's come to the fore this November because they've had a ton of bad stuff and then also tried to put on their own show that is wrestling media that's all just a puff piece, really. Yeah. Because we went slightly long on that topic, we d- I didn't think we, would, we knew we were going to talk about it for that long. There's a lot to dive into. And we've got a lot of stuff that we need to record today. We've got some uh, Patreon podcasts to do. We've got uh, some stuff on Screenstalk to do. So we're going to skip crap gimmicks for this week. We're going to go straight into the mailbag. If you want to send a question to the mailbag, all you've got to do is become one of our pledge hammers on Patreon at any dollar amount and leave a comment in the community tab. Do not email me. I will just lose it. This comes in from Lorenzo Haynes, who said, my question is for Luke. Please tell me why uh, you did research on Wrestle League when you were announced the winner. Why did you care who did the punishment? What made you look into it so much? Uh, I didn't look into it. I was uh, So someone left a comment on one of our Patreon posts that said the bet was wrong. Like you thought the bet was about this. And then someone emailed me, Happenable. I said this in the thing. Happenable emailed me to be like, here's what happened. Here's the video where you made the bet. Here's the video where you said the bet was wrong. And this is, and you know, here's where things have gone a bit nipples north. And I was like, oh, because really what happened was we made the bet forgot what the bet was and then when the Lacey Evans Natalia match got announced for whichever show it was Extreme Rules or something yeah someone tweeted me and said you won the bet 
And I was like, uh, oh, so it was about that. Okay, well, that makes sense then. So that's when I said, and that's when I texted the WhatsApp group, going like, haha, I won the bet. We've got goldfish brains. We don't remember, unless it's like backstage wrestling news. <laughs> I don't remember anything. Yeah. So then the rest so our rest talk chat was just like yeah that was the bet mm. and that just became the, and until happened all I said no that wasn't the bet at all and I was like oh oh that was the bet if we've learned anything folks it's that we will not do bets <laughs> yeah. like that because Laurie was also very annoyed he that indeed. he would have lost because of something he had no control over. Indeed. Uh, this comes in from Chris Thorne. Um, again, it's the question of, like, who's the right person to take the belt off of Jericho? I feel like we get this every week, but... Yeah. I think it's, it's, it's too early to be having these sorts of discussions. I think it's Omega. Personally. Yeah, I think it's Omega as well. Uh, Jobber JJ said, Hello, WrestleTalk boys in the Swaff Nation. As the decade closes out, my question to you is, what is your high point as a wrestling oh. fan and low point of the decade? Have yourself a what, what wonderful day. Well, decades a long time. It is, um, and really, it it it's in it's in the same bit. It's, I, 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 it, yeah, it's, it's, it's pipe bomb and it's pipe bomb and nexus. Yeah, nexus being the low point when they were sort of buried, and pipe bomb bring me back. So yeah, I'd say nexus was a low point, but I'd actually say that pipe bomb, money in the bank are like super high points, and then. You know, a month later, he came crashing back, crashing down because that's when you realized, oh, this isn't going to be the story we all thought it was. Mm. Because it was like when CM Punk crashed Comic Con to like cut that promo, and you're like, oh my God, this is going to be, this is going to run for months. This might be a year long thing. This is going to be the greatest story ever. And then he was just back like two weeks later and was yeah. just like, now we're having a champion versus champion match. And then I'm not going to be yeah, champion. Yeah. It wasn't as good, but I was won back by that point. I mean, the, the only other thing, and I really think it is genuinely this bad is that Hell in a Cell ending with Seth Rollins and The Fiend. Mm. I, I genuinely think that is a decade low. And that's not just me, because it's so fresh in our memories, being just two months ago. I think it, it's genuinely that bad. Yeah. Uh, Josh Hood says, given WrestleTalk's connection to the great man himself, can it be an ongoing project to have Keith Lee wrestle a show in Key Lee, West Yorkshire? <laughs> <laughs> I imagine upon his arrival, it will automatically be, <laughs> automatically be made mayor and everyone can bask in his glory. Hashtag Keith Lee in Key Lee. I like that. Um, I don't think it's it's something we should put our promotional power behind. <laughs> I think there's better things we can do. But I do like the pun play. Yeah. I mean, if he shows up anywhere, Keith Lee, and says, I'm your mayor now. I think he is the mayor. Yeah. Like, there's nothing you can do to stop him. He'll shoulder barge you. John C. Evans. Hey, guys, love all the work you do. Sorry about the paragraph. When y'all review AEW, there's a fair bit of fair criticism on how some of the matches don't have story behind them, particularly with the women's division. Back when Sasha Banks was potentially leaving WWE, y'all spoke about how AEW didn't have any women with her drawing power. I think they're doing this to get the audience familiar with lesser known talent. My question is, if that is their plan, how long will it be before we start seeing quality storylines across the show? So my answer to that would be is that you can get people engaged with lesser known talents by giving them storylines. Yes, yeah, totally. That's that's what the Attitude Era did for the mid card. They gave everyone stories, and that's why people like Val Venus was so over. Yeah, and D'Lo Brown. It's why yeah. people remember them because they were given stuff to do. The women in AEW at the moment just have matches, and then that's it. Steve Blackman. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 he was a huge mid carder because he had a, a, a string of really good stories. Not, and not every story is going to work. Mm. And not everyone's going to get over from, set, from those stories. Steve Blackman didn't get over from the story that they gave him. But they tried. You always go, got you know. over with me. Craig Thomas. Hi, guys. Just wondered what you've got planned for the channel over Christmas. Uh, a lot of videos. Oh, yeah. A lot uh, of videos. Yeah, we've got like a lot of sort of listy things. Got yeah, the Christmas the, special as always. Yeah, the usual like end of year type lists and stuff. Uh, we did put out on Twitter about like people to suggest their matches of the decade. I thought we might do something along those lines and we get some you know, user feedback. We've also got the um, our 2020 predictions. Um, yeah, lots of, lots of stuff going up. Mm. Lots of stuff going up. That guy who wants to support. I think we can all agree that Jericho shouldn't lose the title anytime soon and keep being on Le Champion. And when he does lose it, it should be on a pay-per-view that'll mean something. Uh, so it means he'll probably be champion uh, at least 2020. And since Jericho will appear at Wrestle Kingdom versus Tanahashi, do you think there's a chance he will be there with the AEW belt? Mm. Thank you and have a great conversation. Always look on the bright side of life. Sing it, Luke, it says. Always look on the bright side of life. Uh, but the Jericho, it's going to be an awkward one because that new Japan AEW relationship, I thought would thaw by now, but really seems to have gotten more vitriolic, if yeah. anything. So I don't think he will appear with the AEW title. And I don't know how he's not going to lose. Yeah. I mean, it's Tanahashi. Tanahashi hasn't got any championship belts. I think Jericho wins. 
but maybe the AEW AW just isn't mentioned, which which is, will be such an elephant in the room. Totally. Uh, Abnahav uh, says, hey, guys, not going to name everyone. There's too many of you. <laughs> Do you think AEW has dropped the ball with the win-loss records? Full gear, it was dropped for the women's division. And after this week, seeing Scorpio Sky getting an opportunity before Pack and the next challenger being teased as mocks. <laughs> Do you think that AEW is going away from the win-loss record? Having storylines make sense, but then the, win, uh, then the loss record doesn't have a great day. Uh, no, I, the, the, the women's one doesn't make sense. You're right. They dropped the ball there. But the Sky stuff, they really explained and have actually made part of the story with the wins loss record. The pack really should be next in line. But Jericho agreed to a match with Sky because Sky pinned the champion in a tag match and also goaded him into accepting one. Uh, so, no. no. No, I don't think they are. In fact, I, I really like... I. When it first started, I was a little bit concerned about, are we just going to see a load of people with undefeated streaks? And then Pac was sort of the only remaining one, and he's lost twice now. I thought, ah, oh, that's almost taken the pressure off. Yeah. Now everyone's got a few losses. We know they're going to reset at the end of the season. I think they're doing it smartly. Flev Dorin, uh, hello to everyone from WrestleTalk. I've missed a few NXT rambles. Sorry. Uh, so my question is, uh, and I don't know if this has been brought up before, but I was thinking of the Undisputed Era and their 2019 prophecy to hold all the gold by the end of the year. Does that also include the new NXT Cruiserweight Championship? Because technically, mm. an NXT branded championship. I feel like they are just omitting this fact because it wasn't in their original plans for 205 to get absorbed into NXT. Do you think they'll do something about that? I'd say probably no. Well, yeah, an NXT UK title as well, which occasionally pops over, and the NXT UK tag titles. I think you know they're they're trip they're triple they're the Triple H verse, but they're not NXT so specific. Yeah. Plus, they when they say they, I know they did they say we're going to have all the gold in NXT, or did they say all of us will have gold? Well, the undisputed will be draped in gold. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what they are. Yeah. They each one of them has a title. Skeletor says, uh, I won't do the whole voice. Uh, Luke, Ollie, Laurie, Pete, Dave, and that dastardly heel, Randy, Andy Datsun. I'm so proud to finally be a pledge hammer. I just you. wanted to ask a question and see what your opinions are on this. I've been watching WWE for 20 years. I was raised on the Attitude Era, and my dad was a massive fan, which obviously got me intrigued. It had its moments where I've wanted to stop watching, but I just can't do it. NXT came along, and that became my favorite show from WWE without a doubt. Now we're in an era where we have two incredible shows in AEW and NXT. Now the important part. Due to a financial issues, I have never, ever been to a live wrestling event. Now that has finally changed, I want my first one to be a big deal. Do I wait for AEW to come to the UK and go to their show, or do I go to a live TV taping of Raw or SmackDown? Much love to you boys, and Val, she's the best. And also thank you for live streaming your reactions to WWE last weekend. Had a lovely time with the boys, Skeletor. Lovely time with the boys. Nice to see you, Skeletor. You've popped up a lot in the last week or so, so it's nice to have you as a patron as well. Uh, I mean, controversially, I'm going to say none of the above. I'm going to say go to an indie show. Yeah. Go to a Progress. Go to a Rev Pro. Go to a WrestleGate. Go to an NGW. I don't know where you're based, but you'll find the best. But North Wrestling, I think, is really big. Yeah, it's good. Big, uh, up, big, up, big up North. Yeah. Uh, the, the Riptide down in Brighton. That There are so many still, and it's amazing considering what WWE have done to the independent scene and just scooping up all the talent. Britain still has a great... If, if you're in Ireland, OTT. Yeah. Britain OTT still has stuff. a fantastic independent wrestling scene. And you're... I don't think AEW or NXT will come over here for, for a while. Go to a big December show. A lot of those promotions will have big December shows. You should go to one of those. But if you did want to pick between those two, I would probably say the AEW one because that's likely going to be a pay-per-view. Um, if that, you know, if that's to be believed. And if it is a pay-per-view, then 100% I'd say go to a, a pay-per-view. Uh, Raw and SmackDown tapings, the last Raw taping we went to, I was bored to tears. Not just because it wasn't a particularly good show, it's a long, tedious experience because you've also got to wait during the ad breaks and it's it's just not fun. It's it's WWE produced their TV for TV, not for the live audience. Yeah. I would say that's something Dynamite does very well. They do it for both. 
Um, so go to a house show if you yeah if you that, yeah that's what I was going to say if you do want to go to a WWE show go to a house show because they're, they're they're much better. Uh, Mohammed, uh, hi everyone, how are you? Uh, how are y'all doing at Wrestle League this weekend? Smiley emoji. I uh, got everything right apart from Gaza and Strong somehow. Question. Oh, well done. Uh, who should Brock's next opponent be and when? I'd love to see Owens versus Brock at the Royal Rumble. Oh, that's a really good shout. Actually, he kind of is the top baby face on Raw now as well. Yeah, I'd love to see Owens versus. That's a real clash. Lesnar. Which I think is really interesting I haven't even thought of that as a match that's the thing I think because like Lesnar all year long has just been Rollins yeah and Raw has been pushed all around Rollins throughout 2019 it is just like man who is another contender for, for Lesnar but yeah Owens is such a good shout great shout um, and Rusev after last week I think he really massively got him over that, that's that not whole, a bad shout yeah. either yeah and, and the Royal Rumble is the perfect time you can do that Completely. I mean, Kevin Owens, surely you saved that match for Fastlane. That's where <laughs> Owens the has the big matches. And lastly, Lorenzo says, uh, to Luke, um, can you tell me step by step how you make your tea? <laughs> <laughs> Personally. Loads of milk. Don't get me Flood started. it with milk. No. Personally, I just put some boiling water in a cup with a tea bag and sugar. I've been watching a UK series called The Circle, and they were talking about never put the milk in first, and I'm so confused. Um... I'll, we'll do your the second question. Yeah. Um, so, tea bag in, boiling water, squeeze out that tea bag, just push that tea you bag. Do in. that. You got to get all the tea out. Get all no, the no, tea no, flavor. no, no, no. You brew over time. I, that's you know how long it makes me to make tea. I just leave it in there for five minutes. That's the optimum time. If you squeeze it, you get the bitterness out. That's what I and it becomes like. too bitter. But I, that's how I make all your teas as well. You squeeze out that bag, squeeze it out, get all that tea flavor. Or as you said, if you've got time, let it brew, but let it brew and mm. brew and brew. Get all that good teaness out of it. And then just a tiny dash of milk. Tiniest of tiny dashes. What kind of milk? Um, Soy milk is uh, delightful in a cup of tea. Oat milk is very, very good in a Oat cup of tea. Oat milk's the one. Yeah. Um, and if you are a dairy drinker, semi-skimmed, um, I think is probably the optimal. You reckon? Over, oh, I mean, I don't like whole milk. No? Oh, blue milk? Oh, God, no. I don't like, I don't like dairy, for starters. Okay. But, like, cream is, like, full cream is gross. Oh, wow. I, I, can't, I, don't, I can't eat butter. Butter's gr- disgusting. Oh, my God, I didn't know this. Um, um, that's, just a per- <laughs> that's just a personal thing. So, oh, ti- cancel all that butter I got you for Christmas. <laughs> Tiniest dash of milk. Little stir. And away you go. No sugar. I'm not a child. Um, and lastly, uh, to Ollie, do you prefer your wrestling as realistic as possible or are you more lenient? Totally more lenient, I would say. I like all the styles of wrestling. There's no styles of... What, are there any styles of wrestling that you don't like? I mean, like I, I like hardcore. I like lucha. I love comedy. Yeah. Um, I love strong style. I love sports entertainment. You know, Ronda Rousey, Triple H, Stephanie Kurt. Miz, Dad, Miz, uh, so and good. and uh, Shane. Yeah, love all those matches. Yeah, I. Do you know what I was? You asked me. Asked me then. Is there any style of wrestling you don't like? And I was thinking like there must be one. And I was thinking back to it, was like thinking of all the shows that I've been to hmm. and there's various styles. There's never been a, st- a match style that started and be like, oh, I'm not going to be into this. Mat based wrestling, uh, you know, MMA style wrestling, submission based wrestling. Like, love it all. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Variety, I think, is the spice. Absolutely. Like, you, you can't have a, a card of submission stuff unless you're super, super into that. I, I'd, I'd get bored. I once tried to watch six Zack Sabre Jr. matches in a row. We, no, we, I mean, we did that, didn't we? Yeah. We did the New Japan Cup. And I, I, I was like, oh, I can't. Okay. I love Zack Sabre Jr., but this isn't working. Yeah. Because it's 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 one thing, unless you're super into it, I think. There uh, is, but the, there, there are bad, but like, yes. that's not to say I love any kind of those wrestlings. I love that wrestling when it's done right, because any of those styles can be awful if you do it wrong. There is one match type that I specifically just hate. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Blindfold match. It's so isn't there just, a famous Jake the Snake Rick Rude one that is actually really good? That might be a rare example. I'd also say the, the exception um, rather than the rule. Yeah, and there's also was the, the Jamie Noble Nidia uh, one from No Way Out 2004. But, but uh, for me, that's not a blindfold match. That's a comedy match. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. That just happens to have blindfolds on it. But I think, I'm thinking like Chris Harris versus James Storm in TNA in a blindfold match. I just think it is a proper like mm. 80s wrestling trope. So it's likely going to be an AEW. I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> That'll be Cody's next big pay-per-view match. MJF versus Cody. My dad loved him. 
Um, but I, yeah, I've, I've very rarely seen a blindfold match where I've like, oh, that was well worth putting on pay-per-view. I would argue that's more of a gimmick as opposed to a style. Oh, yeah, if no, I was to get yeah, no, absolutely. If you, yeah, to nitpick my, my state there, and you're absolutely right to do so, it is a gimmick. But I or do hate that gimmick. A stipulation, yeah. this email here from Josephine thought I'd read this one out to you because it might uh, be a good one for you okay that's great um, I'm just going to do this every minute I think wrestletalkmerch.com yeah. I don't think we said the URL at all <laughs> at the start of the show no it's in the show notes though okay that's good yeah yeah I hope people would click on that because one thing I've learned from YouTube uh, comments from the last few years is that like don't push things too much because it just puts people off mm-hmm. so you doing it twice in this show has already made me on edge to be like, they're just not going to buy any merch at all because you're over-promoting it. I don't know how the Young Bucks get away with it. They've made <laughs> it part of their gimmick. Lol, 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 merch. Lol, lol, lol. Lol, 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 buy another t-shirt. Yeah, maybe that could be, maybe that's a t-shirt design. Yeah. Lol, 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 merch. There you go. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. Anyway, WrestleTalkMerch, that is, dot com. This comes in from Josephine, who says, Hi there, everyone at WrestleTalk. Just writing in to let you know I support WrestleTalk. Oh, thank you. It really made me upset when I saw... <laughs> it really made me upset when I saw Ollie's, uh, Ollie's message to the internet to ask what was wrong with WrestleTalk and made uh, me even more upset when I heard that he had to revert back to the 10-minute videos. Um, because it wasn't working out for him as a business owner. I was love seeing the channel grow and change into this new era of crazy wrestling content. Knowing that Ollie felt so bad about it and felt like he had to change everything just sucked. Just wanted to let you know, I love being part of your fan base, the SWAF Nation, and I've always felt comfortable writing on your Patreon community tab or about something, or being part of the chat rooms, either in the live streams or on the Discord. Your inclusive nature and positive outlooks on life, where all different kinds of opinions can be shared, really spreads out to, I'd say, most of your viewers. You guys are always spreading the positivity and making people look better. Uh, and that's why it sucked so much to see Ollie not feeling good. In fact, only... Uh, in fact, the only social media I use anything to do with WrestleTalk because the internet can be a negative place and I don't want to be part of that. For 10 years, I struggled with drug addiction and bad uh, psychosis that stemmed from traumatic experiences as a teenager. I really don't know how bad it is for a person to possibly... Oh, sorry, I know how bad it, uh, it is for a person to feel... Sorry, I've butchered that sentence It's there not completely. like it's a serious part of the email. Don't worry. I'm aware. <laughs> WrestleTalk much. <laughs> the worst thing about this is I can edit this. Like, yeah. I could have just stopped and be like, compose myself and go back to the very serious point, and it makes me sound like I'm a competent broadcaster. Instead, we just keep all of this guff in because I'm too lazy to edit it out. It's part of the charm. It's part of the charm. Uh, I really know how bad it is for a person to possibly feel. Uh, Now that I can eat, sleep, and feel, and... uh, live and feel normal for a day and night and what it is I'm truly grateful for, my peace is all I have. Uh, Anything else is just a bonus. I have no time for negativity, hate or petty behavior of any kind. I work too hard for something most people don't even know they have to let anything not worth it in my life. I love living a life that has wrestle talk in it. Wrestling and video games are the only things I have as a treat to myself. I wish I could commit more to chatting and super chatting in the live streams but I'm a single mother and in a different time zone so I can't really stay up as late as I have uh, to homeschool my son. Keep up the good work. You'll always have a supporter in me. That's from Josephine. Oh, thank you so much, Josephine. That's really nice. And it, you know, makes me feel like a piece of crap <laughs> because you had real issues, yeah. it sounds. But those are, yeah, well, congratulations for coming through all of that. Mine's only some people said said they didn't like the uh, <laughs> community tab posts. <laughs> thank you. That's very much appreciated. A lot of lady, lady males coming through. I know, it's lady males. Lady males. Uh, oh, this one, an interesting one that came in from Michael. Um, the opposite of the lady man, mm. uh, who said, Hello, Rust Talk gentlemen and the wonderful SoCal Val. I'm writing this email as I'm catching up on Rust Talk news videos and it leads me to my request. Do you think the wrestling news will ever come out in podcast form? Ooh. So it's such a visual thing. I don't know if people would like that. I, I, I think we once spoke about it, didn't we? Yes. But I, I'm not sure it would... It's, you know, it's it's so... It's so shouty. <laughs> I, I, if people want it, I, don't I, think I would. They I do. would. I would certainly do it as a separate podcast feed. Like mm. I wouldn't put it into this podcast yeah, feed yeah, because yeah. we've done like when we've done sort of like breaking news bits and pieces. We have released those as sort of bonus podcast episodes, but they never do very well. And they're more chatty anyway. That's me and you talking yeah. in this format. It's not like a a script because those wrestle talk news videos are scripted, edited, edited. Yeah, it's a. Uh, I think it works really well as a visual medium. And there's lots of visual gags in there as well. Uh, but yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, well, this comes in from Andy, who just wants to let me know uh, something that was, you know, I brought up on a previous podcast that I was very, very scared of. He says, hi, Luke and Ollie. In relation to your joint fear uh, from the Saturday ramble. It's not a ramble anymore, mate. I had my first helicopter. People know, though. They, we know what it really is. <laughs> I had my first helicopter experience this year when I was out in Las Vegas for our first wedding anniversary. I'm pleased to announce we're still alive. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't really phased by what could have gone wrong. For their around... wedding. For the wedding anniversary. anniversary right, yeah. right. I wasn't really phased by what could have gone wrong from a helicopter perspective. To me, it was just something we had to do while we were on that side of the world. Hashtag YOLO and all that. Hmm. My wife, however, had all of the fear. What if the helicopter cuts out midair? What if the pilot is a rookie? Helicopters always go down so easily in movies. What if we're too heavy? Which I was. I wasn't allowed to sit in the front seat. Anyway, I convinced her it would all be fine. This was a helicopter tour of the Grand Canyon where we flew over the edge and landed inside the canyon where we had some time to explore and also enjoyed a little bit of the bubbly. See, why do you, like, say none of the consonants? I find it funny. <laughs> I'm not often saying the right words yeah. either. Uh, courtesy of the tour provider. A safe breathtaking probably once in a lifetime experience which we will never forget i hope my picks can convince you guys to be hashtag brave boys and take a helicopter <laughs> ride one day um i also had my project rock under armor t-shirt on uh, on that day like a true mark keep it uh, keep smashing it you guys happy pledge hammer here that's from andy mack he oh does thank send, you andy mack he does send this picture of them by the helicopter Whoa. look how close they are to those rotors though yeah they're off the rotors are off still sharp though lads like a knife on its own. And at least four feet above them. Funny, mate. Uh, li- like the uh, like the T-shirt you got on there, Andy. But um, you know, maybe there's another T-shirt. <laughs> oh, <for God's> sake. <laughs> uh, have you got any plans for the weekend? One of my no, 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 no. We we have nothing. Uh, and um, me and my lady partner, it was like Wednesday. I'm like, God, what are we doing this weekend? And I said, I haven't got anything planned actually. And she went, I have an idea. <gasps> so we're just gonna chill there. Netflix out. Maybe what I think it <laughs> will take the entire <laughs> it will take the entire weekend to watch The Irishman. So <laughs> we might start on that Friday evening, be done by Sunday afternoon. Yeah. What about you? We uh, didn't even talk about Jay and Silent Bob. We we went to uh, we went to Jay and Silent Bob reboot with Kevin Smith at the Prince Charles Cinema. Last we didn't. Night. We knew with Kevin Smith. Well, you know, we were. We went to, to watch him. the film, and Kevin Smith was there to do a Q and A session. Uh, he introduced the film as well, and we got so we watched it. He was in the same you know, room as us because he said that he watches every single screening that he goes through and he records uh, the audience for certain cameos and stuff, and then sends them to friends of his to be like, "Look how this place reacted to your cameo." Mm. It's very nice. It would if you ever have the opportunity to go to a Kevin Smith live event, or if he takes one of his films on tour, go. It's it is great. just even if, I, do, I think even if you don't like Kevin Smith, he is so lovely. Yeah. When he talks after the movie, it's impossible not to like him. My wife has said as much because she went to the uh, yoga hoser screening that he did at the, at the Prince Charles. She did not care for the movie at all, but she really likes Kevin Smith Q&As because he is just a great storyteller. Really, really good public speaker. Oh, and he started talking about Stan Lee, who he was very close to. Um, and, you know, there's a very small bit in the film uh, relating to him. So someone asked a question about it. And Kevin Smith just went on this, you know, five minute long tribute speech to Stan Lee. Oof, it was. And then started to cry. And we make fun of Kevin Smith crying because he does it all the time. But to see it in the flesh, you're like, I want to cry with you. Yeah, he was very good to be like, well, we, let's move on, let's move on. Let's talk about something different. Oh, well, anyway, WrestleTalkMerch.com. Yeah, well, uh, I mean, I think that's enough plugging for now. But if you head on over to Patreon.com forward slash WrestleTalk, our review of Survivor Series 1997 <laughs> is now currently live for our $5 and above backers. Listen to these, uh, some of these reviews. Uh, Martin Putt, looking forward to it. Sean Dunn, can't wait. That guy who wants to board. Oh, my God, great timing, guys. Couple of hours to drive and nothing else to listen to. Because it's three hours, 40 minutes. Are those reviews or are those people who have seen they're reacting to it being available? I'll get there. Okay. Marco Talon. This is for all the pledgehammers who are disappointed with the shortening of the show reviews. Former star athlete, now head coach, Lendell Brenson, brought to you by Milton Bradley's Electronic Karate Fighters. <laughs> and the actual only one review, really, is from Tom Carter. Really enjoyable and insightful review. Oh, Always look forward much. to these. Well, um, on the, before we get out of here, I, you probably noticed yesterday that there were no Super Chats in the whole show. Uh, let us know your thoughts. It's a two-week trial. Yes. And the YouTube feedback in the initial 
day on the initial day was we want the super chats back in, uh, but we're we're doing this two weeks without them just to see if you know what everyone's thoughts are given some time to absorb the format. A lot of people, I do want to really clarify, two week trial because mm. a lot of people just skipped over that bit and just assumed that we've got rid of them forever. Yeah, two week trial. It's for two weeks. Yeah, so I just want to just doubly, I want to double down on that. We're in a consultation phase. Please let us know your thoughts. Indeed. But that is all we have got time for. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back on Tuesday with the Raw review. And then we'll have the usual AEW NXT SmackDown reviews. Actually, no, sorry. Tell a lie. We're back tomorrow. SmackDown review. It's, yes, um, with uh, Pete and Dave. Pete and Dave will be doing SmackDown review tomorrow. So check that out. Thank you so much for listening. Take care. I love you. Goodbye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.